Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Yes, Lord, let that be our prayer and our desire that you would increase and we would decrease. The world needs more of you and less of us. Lord, we ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your Son and the knowledge of who you are and who we are. and our call on the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, we'll dismiss the kids (laughs) at this point. So... uh, I'm uh, speaking on a a topic this morning that uh, is important to all of us as the people of God. As we, uh, when we're born into this world, even before we're born again, when, when we're born into the world, we're born into a battle. And that battle is for our eternal destiny and for the eternal destiny of those around us, those we will come in contact with. And we have an enemy who is real, who seeks our destruction, he seeks our ineffectiveness in this battle, in this war. Uh, he, he seeks to especially get the people of God to think that there is no war and that there really is, is no real enemy. Uh, I, I think there's a significant portion of the church of God that wonders if the devil is real and uh, wonders if even hell is real. Uh, A significant portion of what we call the church, not necessarily a significant portion of what God would call the church, because we have to understand that there is a difference uh, between what the Lord calls the church and what we call the church. So, uh, I, I feel like the Lord wants me to tell this story, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure why, but I'm going to go ahead because I'm, I'm learning obedience. He's a lot smarter than I am, and he knows where we're headed today in a lot more detail than I do. Uh, I started learning about spiritual warfare 
uh, back uh, before Luke was born. Uh, I started learning about the reality of a demonic realm that, that was real and existed and influenced people. Uh, and I, I, was, I was studying about spiritual warfare and uh, Joy and I had a backpacking trip planned in the Bighorn Mountains and some of you have heard this story and I, I apologize for that but uh, a lot of people haven't. And as we were getting ready for this, this trip, uh, I just I, I had this real strong sense that what the Lord had been teaching me about spiritual warfare was going to be put to the test or put to use. It was going to be important at some point on, on this trip. So, you know, we, we went and uh, we... Uh, went in on a marked trail the first night and uh, camped out and then the, the second night we kind of wanted to go to a different area and, and we, we kind of had to make our own trail going from one marked trail to another and, and we had our dog, our, our Brittany Rusty with us and he was pretty young at the time uh, and he, he had a backpack carrying his own food. <laughs> well, we, uh, we start crossing this uh, creek area that was, had a lot of trees, and, and I noticed there was a cow moose there. So I had Joy get the camera out of my backpack, and I started taking pictures of, of this moose because I'd never been very close to a moose before, and I thought this was really cool. Uh, so we're taking pictures, and this moose is getting closer and closer. And finally, I'm beginning to think, maybe this isn't quite so cool. <laughs> so we, we get out in, into this open area, and uh, I, I get between Joy and Rusty and the moose, and, and the moose charges. And, and it, I mean, it's not very far away. It's like maybe 20 yards away. And there's nothing between me and, and the moose. And, and the moose charges. And, and so, I mean, what are you going to do? I, I'm, I'm not armed with, with anything. That would be my normal first thought. Okay, I'm going to kill this thing. <laughs> One more step, but th that wasn't even a possibility. So I just I I held up my hand and I, I said, probably much louder than I'm about to. <laughs> I bind you in the name of Jesus. And that thing stopped about this far from my hand, and was absolutely frozen, except for its nostrils that were going. <laughs> Right, right there. That's as close to a moose as you ever want to be. And, and so I, I hollered at Joy to get Rusty across the creek and, and get to a safer place. And when they, when they did, I, just, I kept my hand up there and just kind of <laughs> backed away from the thing. And it just, 
it, it stayed there frozen until we were out of sight. Yeah. Uh, so, so I know from real personal experience that, that spiritual warfare is, is for real, that, that we have authority as the people of God. See, the thing is, when, when we're born into the world and, and we're born into this war, we, we have no weapons. It's, it's not until we are born again, born of the Spirit, and, and become children of God that we have any weapons. Uh, and until then, we, we are pretty much defenseless. But once we have become born again, Jesus shares his authority that he won with his own, with his own victory. He, he shares that with us. And, and so we're, we're in a very different position once we have become born again, because now we, we have defensive weapons and we have offensive weapons. And, and there's, there's another deception that, that the enemy tries to put upon God's people, and, and that is that spiritual warfare is uh, kind of like Arnie was sharing earlier today, you know, that these, some of these experiences are just for the really hyper-spiritual. And the enemy wants us to think that spiritual warfare is just for the hyper-spiritual, you know, those who are really anointed and called specifically to this. That, that is, for the most part, not true. Uh, there are some people who have a very special and specialized calling in high-level spiritual warfare, and, and we're not even going to get to that for a while. But we are all called into this fight because we, we have a real enemy who seeks our destruction, and even if we lay down our weapons and we, we try to call a truce because some people who begin to step into their real calling in the Lord, uh, they, they encounter some, some real spiritual opposition and, and they, they encounter this battle at, at a new level and, and sometimes they're not quite ready or prepared for that and, and so they might think, well, if I just lay down my weapons and, and call a truce, then the enemy will, will leave me alone. And, and he, he would love for the people of God to think that way. And, and he will even make it appear for a short time that, that he is going to leave them alone and, and do just what He's trying to get them to believe. <laughs> but believe me, he, he is not. <laughs> he, he never lays down his weapons. He, he never uh, wavers in, in his commitment to our destruction. 
So what I felt led to do today is, is to uh, uncover uh, some of the truth of, of what we know about our enemy. And uh, we, we are going to work kind of hard this morning because I've got a bunch of truth and I've got a bunch of scripture and uh, I hope you've got some things to take some notes because uh, you, you may want to. Because some of these things you, you probably know. Uh, there may be some things here that, that you don't know or we're, we're unsure about. So I, I want to share some things that we know about our enemy. But, but I, I wanted to begin with the admonition that, that we are in a war. And uh, we have a real enemy. We are called to fight him. Because he, he wants to bring as, as many humans to hell and judgment with him as he possibly can. That, that is what he wants. His, his eternal destiny is, is determined. It was determined long ago. And, and he hates humans because we, those who are the people of God, will, will one day be ruling the earth. Uh, well, I, I don't want to get into too much of that because I'm going to be telling you parts of some of these truths and I want to present it in, in a little more systematic manner. So, truth number one, what we know about the enemy. The devil was once known as the star of the morning. That's from the Latin translation of Lucifer. But he has been brought down to the depths of the pit. He has been cast down to earth. And for every truth, I'm going to share with you at least one or sometimes more scriptures for us to understand this truth and where it comes from. So in Isaiah 14, starting in verse 12, we, we understand this to be talking about the devil. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to earth, you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to hell, to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Most Bible scholars believe that Lucifer was at one time one of the highest ranking angels. Uh, many believe that he may have been the worship leader in heaven. Uh, there, there's some other characteristics about him that we can glean from, from Scripture, but the thing is, he wanted for himself the worship that was going to God. 
And that's what he was saying, I will make myself like the Most High. I, I want to be worshipped because of my beauty. And as a result, as a result of his pride, as a result of him wanting to ascend above the stars of heaven, most Bible scholars believe that that mention of the stars of heaven, and it's, we're going to encounter that in a couple other scriptures later, talked about the angelic realm. So he wanted to exalt himself above the level that he was created into. And as a result, he was cast out of heaven down to the earth. But he is a created being who once had a purpose in heaven and now is, is no longer there. Truth number two. Through rebellion, Lucifer fell from heaven with one-third of the angels. Every moral creature in creation must at one time make a final decision whether to give allegiance to God or to self. The devil chose self for et eternity. And, and that... That is, that is the key point right there for, for our own eternal destiny. Uh, are we going to give our allegiance? Are we going to submit to the God of heaven who created us? Or are we going to give our allegiance to our own desires, to our own self? Satan chose self, and as a result, it determined his eternal destiny. Now, it's interesting. I, I, how many of you have understood that Satan fell from heaven with one-third of the angels before today? Uh, yeah, I, I would have guessed that most of you had had that understanding from somewhere. Uh, I was a little bit surprised as I went into this study uh, that the Bible is not real clear about that. Even though all of us were real clear in our understanding that that was true. Uh, and, and here is the passage from which that understanding comes. It's Revelation chapter 12, and we will start in verse 3. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter, and her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, 
where she might be taken care of for 1260 days. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. Satan was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Well, we, we just kind of read in, in those few verses almost the whole story of creation. <laughs> it's, it's all right there. <laughs> uh, and, and that is where we come to the conclusion that Satan, when he was cast out of heaven, uh, took a third of the angels with him. And, and that is uh, our traditional understanding uh, in uh, historic Orthodox Christianity of, of where we get that idea. But that it's, it's a great idea to know that even in the angelic realm, we, we have a two-to-one advantage, as, as, as if that were even needed. Because, well, I'm going to get to that too. So, <laughs> uh, number three, some of the fallen angels were cast down to hell and chained until judgment day, while others were left free to oppose God and his kingdom. A lot of us probably didn't know this. Uh, and this is from Second Peter 2, verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. But there are still enough of them around that they are causing all kinds of difficulty, <laughs> all, all kinds of problems. Number four. Lucifer became the adversary, which is the meaning of the name Satan. He is the enemy of both God and man, but is a limited created being. And I add in parentheses, no match for God, his creator. He is filled with vindictive rage against the redeemed sons of Adam who will rule with Christ Jesus in glory. And that, you know, what, that part that we read from Revelation chapter 12, that, that woman who was about to give birth, that was Israel. And the child that was born, that was Jesus, who the enemy was not able to destroy, but the Lord after Jesus completely fulfilled his mission on the earth, which was to live a perfect life, be the perfect lamb of God, voluntarily give up his life, giving Satan the appearance of victory, but then be raised again from the dead and then exalted to heaven 
to be with God in glory for eternity. Uh, it, it's just amazing how uh, the Holy Spirit through John got, got that whole story of, of creation in just six verses. I, <laughs> it's, it's so cool. But the enemy hates us. He, he is filled with rage against us because he is defeated. His, his end is completely determined. And all he has left is, is to try to deceive and destroy as many human beings as he possibly can in the days that are left un, until Jesus returns. And the verse that I want, verses that I wanted to look at here are from Psalm chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Why are the nations in an uproar, or other translations, why do the nations rage and the people devise a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. And, and, and this is what the enemy is in the process of trying to do right now. He, he wants to get all the nations of the earth together to, to come against God's people and, and to wipe us off the face of the earth. And, and that is part of the story that, that we see in Revelation. We, we know that he is not going to be successful, but, but we see the nations raging we we see we see our nation saying let's let's cast the fetters of god off of us we we don't need his laws his ideas of what is right and wrong anymore uh we we want to do things our way and and th this is what is happening in in our nation uh, i mean we we have seen this happen in in the last 30 years. It's, it's been quite a downfall, uh, quite, quite a road that, that we've been on. Uh, but the Lord will have his way. He, he is going to have his way. And as, as always... The Lord will use the enemy's plans to set him up for ultimate defeat. So, so we, when, when we see things, and, and I believe we're going to see things in, in our lifetimes that, that are going to shake us, and, and we're, we're going to wonder, God, are you... Are you still there? Are, are you still sovereign? Are, are, you, are things still happening according to your plan? And, and, and we're going to have to have faith that yes, he is still there. Things are still working according to his plan. And, and he will have his way. And as he has done so many times, ask 
Moses. <laughs> when, when things look their darkest, <laughs> when, when it's, it's actually beyond the point of no hope, then, then God comes and, and he is victorious and he will have his way. And, and the example I'm thinking of is Moses at, at the Red Sea with the Egyptian army uh, only being separated from them by this pillar of fire. <laughs> and Moses is wondering, okay, God, what do we do now? This, this does not look good. Uh, but God is going to have his way. Satan is not going to be victorious. Uh, Item number five. Uh, the devil and his fallen angels were defeated at the cross and will be condemned and judged. And we see Colossians 2, verse 15. This is speaking of Jesus having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. And all of the spiritual unseen realm saw what is spoken of in, in this verse. Humans on the earth did not see it in the same way that angels and all the others in the spirit realm saw the truth of this. But it is reality. It is because of Jesus' victory over Satan and all the forces of darkness that we have authority and that we have victory over them. And the other verse I wanted to look at related to this is Matthew 25 verse 41 then he will say to those on his left depart from me you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels and and that is where those who who have not bowed the knee to the son of god will will end up for eternity with the devil and, and all of his demons. And part of our work on the earth is to see that that happens to as few people as possible by giving as many people as possible the opportunity to receive forgiveness and bow their knee and give their allegiance to Jesus the King. One, one thing that I think the Lord is going to do for us this year is, is to give us a, a deeper biblical understanding of salvation than what we now have. Because we need that. Because uh, I, there, there are lots of people in the church in America 
who think that their eternal destiny is secure. But when I look at the Word of God, I have to wonder whether their eternal destiny is secure. Because Paul talks about some things that people who are involved in these certain things are, are not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Somebody is wrong. And I don't think it's Paul. Uh, I, I have a nephew who's involved in a lifestyle that is in one of those lists. And his father's heart is, is broken over it. He's, he's living with, with his girlfriend and, and they have a baby and they, they say they're Christians. But they won't get married. So what, what does that mean? Well, he, he's pointed out clearly what Paul says about that. And, and they have to make a decision. Who... Whose allegiance is first in, in their life? See, we, we can say all kinds of things, but God knows what is in the depths of our hearts. And, and that's what's going to determine our destiny. Are, are we truly submitted to Jesus as the king? Not just a nice guy who was really smart and died a horrible death who we can choose to believe or not believe. The kingdom is, is coming. I think this year in a way that, that is, is going to divide. And you know, we're going to be in or out because there, there isn't going to be any fence sitting anymore. Uh, God's got to do that. Anyway, um, back to uh, our list. I think we're at number six. This, this is a key one for our understanding. Demons are the force operating behind false religions, idolatry, magic, and witchcraft. This is nothing to mess around with. Uh, there, there's real power involved in this stuff. False religions, idolatry, magic, witchcraft. I, I think a movie just came out about Ouija boards. Am I right? And all kinds of people are going to see the movie and sales of Ouija boards have skyrocketed for Christmas this year, I heard. We've got to stay away from that stuff. There, there, there are spirits involved with that stuff that are real 
And, and if we seek something from those spirits, we, we give them an entry point to our lives. So don't have anything to do with false religions, magic, witchcraft, Ouija boards, any of that stuff. And how, how do we know this? Okay, Deuteronomy 32, verse 17. They sacrificed to demons, which are not gods, gods they had not known, gods that recently appeared, gods your fathers did not fear. Psalm 94 or 96, verse 4. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all little g gods. For all the little g gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. He is the creator. 1 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 19. Paul says, do I mean that a sacrifice offered to an idol is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. That's about as clear as you can make it. And then finally, Revelation chapter 9, starting in verse 20, the rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. One of the things that we do in the encounter weekends, and I, I just want to encourage everyone who, who is here, everyone who's part of this church, that if you have not participated in an encounter weekend, please do so. Uh, it's an opportunity to help your soul catch up with your spirit. Because when, when we're born again, our, our spirit is regenerated. It, it, is, it becomes perfected by the Lord so that the Holy Spirit of God can dwell within our spirit and communicate with our spirit. We still have two other parts of our being. There's our body, our physical body that people look at, and there is our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions that function together to allow our, the Lord to communicate to our spirit and actually allow us to do things. By, by his leading. Well, in order to become whole, and, and that word sozo in, in the Greek that's used so many times in the New Testament, 
it's translated to be saved or salvation. It's translated to be healed or healing, to be delivered. The real crux of the meaning of that word is wholeness. Uh, God wants to bring us into wholeness. And our, our souls need healing. Our, our souls need issues to be resolved so that we can finally leave them behind and, and go forward. And, and our, our souls sometimes need to be freed from demonic influence because we, we have agreed with things that demons have spoken quietly in, in our ear. And, and as a result, our agreement has given them influence in our lives. And, and so we, we deal with resolving all kinds of issues biblically, resolving them so that they are done and they can be left behind and, and we can move forward. And, and we all need that. Uh, it's, it's like uh, some houses, you know, uh, every so often you've you got to call Roto-Rooter. Because something's stopping up the drain. There's, there's some junk in there that, that's, that's not getting to the sewer where it needs to go. <laughs> And, and so we call Roto-Rooter, <laughs> and they, they use their little thing, and, and then things can work like they're supposed to again. Well, every so often we all need spiritual Roto-Rooter. And that's another metaphor for Encounter Weekend. <laughs> uh, it, it helps clean us out. So... God has more access to us and, and, and we're more free to hear him and, and obey him. And uh, many, many people have, have had life-changing experiences at, at these encounter weekends. And so that's, that's my plug anyway. Because if, if we have allowed some of these demons access to influence us, we, we really got to cut that off. And, and you'll, you'll learn how to do that uh, at Encounter Weekend. And one of the real benefits of it is that we, we gain these tools to, to learn how to resolve things and, and, and cut off the work of the enemy against us at at these things. So, enough of that. Number seven. The devil and his demons are in a continual state of war against the church and all believers, oh, and all believers are encouraged to combat all levels of evil spiritual forces in the unseen realm. And, and this we... We, we really need to understand it, especially in, in our day, okay? That our, our enemy is, is not physical. Uh, 
The Democrats are, are not the enemy. The Republicans are not the enemy. It's the evil spiritual forces that are working through all of them that are our enemy. And we can battle those spiritual forces through prayer. Because we, we want the Lord to, to push back the powers of these unseen spiritual forces over our city, over our state, and over our nation. We, we want the Lord to create a, a spiritual atmosphere where more people will come into his kingdom, where, where more people will be receptive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and where they will be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So this is what Paul says about the subject in Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. As in spiritual warfare, we need more than our own physical strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle or our warfare is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand." Stand firm, then. You think he wants us to stand? Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And this letter was written to everybody in the church, not just the elders. So... We're all supposed to be praying for each other all the time. And, and we're all supposed to be involved in this spiritual warfare because he is saying, and after you have done everything, which means there's something for us all to do, to stand. And then he says, stand firm. So... We, we need to be engaged in this battle. And, and we, I, I have to say a little about this, because our, our primary spiritual warfare is, is within our own person, okay? 
Because our, our primary warfare is for our, our spirit to take ascendancy in our being so that it tells our will what to do and then our, our will agrees with the will of God and then we actually do what God tells us to do. Does that happen all the time, every day, for you? I was wishing there would be somebody who would raise their hand. <laughs> it doesn't for me. I, I wish it did. I, I want to get to where it happens almost without exception. That is my primary spiritual warfare, is, is to hear God and do what He says without questioning, without arguing, without putting it off. That is spiritual warfare. That is how the kingdom of God advances on the earth. It, it's that simple. See, see, this whole spiritual warfare stuff, it, it's not all hocus-pocus, mumbo-jumbo, you know, hyper-spiritual stuff. It, it's where the rubber meets the road in, in our daily life of coming and going and eating and sleeping and going to work and everything. That's where spiritual warfare takes place. Because what, what the Lord desperately wants, and we, is it really? Okay. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get through all this in one Sunday, and we're almost halfway through. So <laughs> I, I, will, I will wrap up with, with this, because um, if I can remember what it was now. Um, Our, our warfare to be people who obey the Lord. We, we have got to understand a little more of the nature of God. What, what Jesus came and displayed to us with, with his life was the nature of God the Father. It, the, the nature of God, and, and this is going to challenge every one of us, okay? Because for, for us to become mature as followers of Jesus means we, we have the nature of God coming forth in us. Well, the nature of God is a lamb, Jesus came and he was the most powerful person who, who has ever been on, on the face of the earth. And, and he did not use that power 
ever wants for his own benefit. Ever. I mean, we, we can't even fathom that. He, he came forth as, as the perfect Lamb of God. And, and he was showing us what God is really like. The, the gentleness of God. God the Father is, is so for us, we, we can't even fathom how, how much he is for us. When, when we enter into a covenant with, with a human being and, and we break, one, one person breaks the covenant, well, we, we pretty much know what's going to happen. Either you're going to court or they're going to break the covenant too and it's just going to be gone. Well, the lamb nature of God... Is, is such that with Israel, and, and I, I believe even with our nation, because a lot of people don't know that the first president and the first Congress of the United States made a covenant with God in 1789. Uh, they went to St. Paul's Church, which was just off uh, where the World Trade Centers were. And they, they had a worship service. And then they, they went out to a field, and they all knelt. And they, they made a covenant with God for our nation. And, and they asked for, for his blessing on this nation. And, and they, they said, you know, woe be to us if we break this covenant. Well, Israel broke the covenant with God in the Old Testament. Our, our nation has, has flagrantly broken the covenant with, with God that was made by our founding fathers. But God... This, see, we, we don't even understand action like this, but, but he, he is so for us that, that he, for both us and Israel, he, he is going to bring forth such circumstances to bring Israel back into covenant so that that covenant is restored. And, and they're going to have to accept Jesus as the Messiah. That's, that's going to be part of it. But he's going to do the same thing even for our nation, I believe. That he's going to bring forth such circumstances in our nation that, that we will turn as a nation, back to him. And, and that covenant will be restored. Because that, that is the, the level of, of his commitment 
to those who have made covenant with him. It's, it's a whatever-it-takes kind of thing for him. Because he takes covenant seriously. And, there, and there, there is no shadow of unfaithfulness in him. Our unfaithfulness will never negate his faithfulness. Ever. <laughs> he can't do something that is just not in him. So he's he's not going to bring judgment on on our nation. He he is he is about to bring corrective discipline on our nation for for the purpose of of turning us back to him. And and for the purpose of our fulfilling his intentions for our nation. I mean, you you got to sit down and meditate on this stuff. Because he, he's, he's better than we could possibly think anybody could be. As we we know somewhat, I mean, we we don't even have have a clue really of the the level of our own unfaithfulness to him. We we need to see his eyes in order to get any idea of of the depth of that. But in even in the midst of our unfaithfulness, he is faithful, and he will continue to be faithful. And he will bring discipline, and, and he will speak, and, and he will draw, and, and he, he is so wise and, and so kind that, that he will use the least severe means necessary to bring forth the greatest turning for the greatest number of people in our nation. And it's it's going to happen. And 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 we're gonna see it. We're we're gonna experience it. He he is that smart and that powerful. And I, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> And our call is to partner with him because he, he so desperately wants a people who, who love him, who, who cleave to him, who, who get in his personal space and, and who obey him. 
so that we can be funnels of blessing. Because that's what he wants to do. He, he always, he, he wants to release blessing. And, and it grieves him when individuals and, and nations, people, turn from him and are unfaithful to him because he, it, it cuts off that flow of blessing from heaven to the earth. And he, he just, he wants good for us. He wants blessing for us. So we've, we've got to be those, those people who, who love him and surrender to him and, and obey him so that he has that conduit for blessing from heaven. Because he, he's going he's gonna to turn our nation. And it's, it's probably going to take some rather severe discipline for that to happen. But our, our call is, is to be on the cutting edge of that repentance and, and to partner with him in prayer as, as he brings forth what, what he's going to do. That's what he needs. The enemy has his own plans for destruction. But the Lord has always been way smart enough <laughs> to use the enemy's own plans to just set him up for defeat. <laughs> That's why Psalm 2 says, and, and, and the Lord laughs. <laughs> That's your plan? Okay, we'll, we'll see how that works for you. <laughs> so, let's pray. Father, I, I pray that we would come to know personally through revelation more of your goodness and your faithfulness. And, and that we would see that that is not just for others, but it's for us, our, ourselves. And I, I pray, Father, that you would give us hearts to overcome the flesh hearts that want to see you get what you want on the earth so Lord strengthen us in, in our inner being
to give you glory on the earth, to, to be conduits of blessing for the earth, and to see the enemy and his plans defeated. Thank you that you defeated the devil and all the forces of darkness and that you've given us authority. Jesus, thank you for showing us what the Father is really like. And help us to let that nature come forth in us. Amen. See that that lamb nature that was in Jesus. It it had absolutely no fear of man. It it had the purity of the fear of God alone. And Lord bring that forth in us. Amen.